Hey there, I'm Christopher Schoenwald and welcome to Life As A, a show intently focused on helping people find their professional pathway by exploring and unearthing the details of jobs from around the world. Hey, how are you doing? Before we get started today, I do have a favor to ask of all of you. I did start a channel over on YouTube in the last year, year and a half or so. And yeah, I'm really trying to promote that. And the reason being is I think the content that I'm putting out here, you know, we're doing all right with some of these guests who are coming on. And I think it deserves to be put in front of more people. And one of the best ways, of course, of doing that is through a platform like YouTube. Now, if you do interact with these videos on YouTube, that algorithm loves it. And that's the only way that it knows to continually share that content, put it in front of more people. So yeah, I could be a little bit biased here, but I think, you know, finding out about some of these careers is great for young people. It's great for mid-career professionals. If you have a second, head on over to YouTube, lifeasa...dot...dot. That's where you can find it. And yeah, like or subscribe. It would help a ton. Deciding on a career. Deciding on a career change. I mean, what's that advice that people tend to give others when, when they're faced with that challenge? Well, it usually goes something like this. Find something you're passionate about. Well, kind of easier said than done, isn't it? And what do you do if you do find that career, but ultimately there's a clock ticking on it, whereby you, you can't hold on to it forever? That's kind of the focus of the discussion today. We have this great guest, Cassia Midor. She is considered by many to be one of the best, if not the best, women's longboard surfer in the world. At one point, she was ranked number two. Well, she reached a point within her professional career where she had to decide what would come next. And that's kind of the focus of the discussion today. We get into her business. You're going to learn all about it. And we're also going to get some of her takes on things like entrepreneurship. And I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. She has this really great look at it. I mean, I hear people talk about it all the time. I've never heard anyone kind of break it down this way. And she also gets into her purpose, you know, for what she's doing, how she balances her life personally and professionally. And also, too, she has some great surf metaphors on life and living. And we even get into notions of environmentalism and how she's trying to, to give back. So there's so much more contained within the talk that I do encourage you to tune into this one. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So let me more formally introduce her to you and we can get started. California born and bred, Cassia Midor is a former pro surfer and sponsored pro longboarder. Not only that, she was one of the best in the world, ranked second at one point by the WSL, Women's Longboard World Tour. Now, over the past 26 years, she has been known worldwide for her graceful surf style, and she was crowned the queen of nose riding by the New York Times. In 2015, she launched Cassia Surf, a wetsuit brand by women for women. Her designs are rooted in authenticity, gained through her direct experience, pushing the limits of women's surf culture, lifestyle, and design. The results of her entrepreneurial activities have amounted to coverage by the likes of Vogue, Yahoo Style, Elle, The Wall Street Journal, and 1% for the planet. Finally, over the past seven years, Cassia has also been dedicated to paying it forward by creating a series of Learn to Surf videos 
with the Inertia's Inspire courses and hosting surf retreats worldwide. So with all this noted, here's my conversation with Cassia Midor. Yeah, so hey, welcome to the program. How are you doing today, Cassia? Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Christopher. Yeah. Stoked to be here with you. Yeah, likewise, yeah. likewise. I mean, your background kind of speaks for itself. A lot of different experiences, I'm sure. So I'm eager to get into it all. Let's talk. Let's chat. Let's do it. All I right. love it. All right. Well, I got this first segment lined up. It's something called Coloring Wikipedia. And it's a segment where I just read off a definition related to what the guest does or a topic related to, to what they're all about. And I put you down here for entrepreneur. I certainly could have gone surfer. I could have gone a lot of different ways, but I went with uh, entrepreneur. And I will forewarn you, it's a fairly catch-all sort of definition, but maybe after I read that off, you can kind of fill in the blanks for us. Does it sound all right? Sounds groovy. Thank you. Okay, here we go. So entrepreneur. An entrepreneur uses their time, energy, and resources to create value for others. They are rewarded for this effort monetarily and therefore both the consumer of the value created and the entrepreneur benefit. Short and sweet. First take, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I never have really looked into the actual like definition of entrepreneur and I really love it because it's really about utilizing what you know and creating a value for both yourself and someone else. And I think that that's important because I think that it's not about gain as much as it is like a kind of flow of giving and receiving. And I think that that's a really balanced way to be in the world. And I I really feel that it's like being able to share what I know and love and, and utilize the skills that I've gained through my life and what I've done in my life. And then my intention being it to enrich other people's lives and livelihood by what I either create, whether it's through my wetsuits and or my retreats and those experiences that I do. So it's not just about acquiring something. It's not just about purchasing something. It's not acquisitional as it is experientially trading energy for one thing, you know? So like, does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's kind of like, oh yeah. Like as I create this product, because I'm creating something from a place of wanting it myself. And then when I get to see somebody in the water wearing one of my wetsuits and they're like, so stoked yeah. that brings so much joy to me and, and fuels me doing more wetsuits And then when it comes to the retreats, it's the same way when people leave my retreats and their lives are transformed, they're surfing better than ever before. You know, they create community off of that. That's why I do it. And that is the exchange. And I love that. So thank you for sharing that. No, no, I really like that perspective as well. I mean, I've had several entrepreneurs on and, you know, I could throw, you know, this definition at them. And the cool thing is that like, everyone's always going to come up with their own sort of take on it all, you know, and I really like yours because it's for one is how I took it. You're not focusing on the, the monetary aspect of although that's certainly there, right? The exchange of goods, services and whatnot. But what I was picking up and listening to you is like the other things that are derived from this experience of entrepreneurship, whether it's, you know, your customers, I guess, that are having these otherworldly experiences on a surf excursion with you, learning how to surf, as you were just mentioning. Or also too, I mean, just yourself, like the value that you're deriving from it on a more deeper, meaningful level. You know, it's, it's not just like the dollars and cents there. There's, there's something more to it. And I, you know, I think that sometimes 
something that's glossed over a little bit. So I, I like how you really emphasize that. And I think it's really valuable for listeners to hear that perspective because it's a whole different one that, that definitely applies. So, yeah. I mean, is there anything that you'd like to add to that or even maybe de-emphasize from that definition or? Absolutely. I think it's just that it's really helping me feel into the reasoning why. Why are you creating anything? What is it that you do and why? And, and what, do, what value does what you do in the world have to contribute? And, and that's what I'm constantly questioning myself because getting to this place in my career, it came from being a professional surfer, which felt like a purely selfish endeavor and that I wasn't actually doing anything positive for the planet or humanity. It just felt like I was acquiring. And a huge part of why I do everything I do is to give back and to really find value in what I can contribute. So in teaching, I feel like there's so much value in teaching because you're able to share like the whatever 26 years of my life that I've spent surfing, the fact that I'm able to share this experience and share this expertise with people makes me feel whole. When it comes to creating wetsuits, it's out of, like I kind of mentioned, a place of what I feel like I want, what I feel wasn't represented before. Because for the most part, there was a lot of men making women's wetsuits. And so how is, you know, I mean, I just heard recently that a lot of actual bra companies are made by men. Like, what does a man know that a woman needs in a bra for support? You know, and it's like, that doesn't make any sense. And it was the same thing in wetsuits. And so it was coming from a place of deep need, not only wanting to create something for myself, but other people. So I think that that is something that is important and that I always go back to. I'm not trying to create anything to then sell it to somebody else and have it lose value. Really the point of Everything I do in my life is to create sustained value for everybody who has access to it and is interested in it to help expand it. I mean, I meet people all the time that learn from me that take back what they learn and share it with their communities. And so I feel like that's a way to really kind of pay it forward. And it brings me a lot of value that you can't equate to like a dollar and cent, you know, like it's whatever. Like I live a simple life. I do things in a simple way. And so I think that for other people trying to start their own thing or, you know, questioning what they're doing and and what they want to do with their life and career and their life exploration, like all these things, you know, it's like going back to the reason and the point and going back to that place, you know, in your heart and what fuels you. And it's easy to get lost and pulled in all these different directions, especially because there's so many opinions out there. And having that as like a true north to always kind of like go back to answering that question, like, does this fuel my intention, my bigger intention, my solid intention? Yeah, I just had a guest on recently who was, we were talking about this point, you know, it's kind of like the metaphor he was using was uh, like the wind in your sails, like, you know, the direction you want to be going, it might blow you this way or that way. But ultimately, you know which way you want to be sort of like tacking towards and, and ultimately landing on. And, it, you know, as cliche as it sounds, it's kind of like a, a passion point, right? Finding that. And it's, it's always talked about, but like how valuable that is in terms of pushing you in a direction where ultimately you're going to find some degree of fulfillment and happiness. 
So yeah, I really love that take. I really love the way you've just like laid it out there for uh, listeners. I do have this other segment really quickly here, though, A Day in the Life. And I think this might be an interesting one to kind of shed more light on you, your business, and what you're all about. I do have some questions later on to learn a little bit more about your business. But perhaps, you know, we kick things off, you know, as far as like what you're doing on a daily basis. I know you have a few different parts to your business outside of the wetsuits, surf excursions, online courses. Like You sound like a busy, busy lady, but uh, maybe you could break it down for us. Absolutely. So I try to constantly be dynamic. I read this book a long time ago, and it was by somebody named Glenn Clark, and it's called The Man Who Taped the Secrets of the Universe. And it's a really cool and interesting book because this this person had five different things that all seemed different and all supported each other. So they would essentially focus their day and break it up between focusing on these five different things and moving on. Like, I'm going to spend a couple hours here and a couple hours there and a couple hours here. So I bring this up because for me, everything I do informs and inspires the other. I do always like look at people and go, gosh, I wish I could just focus and concentrate on one thing. And that is not me. Maybe somebody said I had ADHD as a kid, and that was because I could focus on many things at once. And I think that that's how I like to structure my days. So when it kind of comes to structuring the days, I always look at when I'm at home and not hosting a retreat, I look at the swell forecast for the following week. And I know that that's interesting. And it's I do this now because I'm trying to find balance. When I first left professional surfing and started my own company, I thought I had to work really hard and just work and just work and just work. And I was really devaluing the reason that I was inspired to create this company. And I wasn't giving myself the time and energy to get out in the water, to surf, to engage with other people in the lineup, to be inspired by the sun and all the things that like really fueled my life passion in the first place. So now I try and structure, okay, this is going to be a good day for surfing. This isn't. Swells come and they go. When all the conditions line up, it's like, you got to be there. When they line up, when the swell, you know, when the wind, (laughs) when the tides are right, be there. So I always do the best I can to navigate my following week based on the surf report. And that way I'm, if it means waking up at five in the morning to go catch some waves for two or three hours, I do that. And then I schedule my meetings after, and then I do my like, computer work after. If there's no surf in a day, then I wake up and do some light stretching and meditation. Movement and keeping my body fluid is a really important mind, body, and energy system fluid. Because if I'm fluid, then I have a lot of elasticity. And if I have a lot of elasticity, you can throw anything at me and I'll handle it. Being an entrepreneur, business owner, it's like, 24 seven, I work. So if I have to be home at 10 PM at night, doing some emails and doing some other things, responding to customer service things, that's fine because I'm also getting my boxes checked when it comes to taking care of myself, balancing, you know, getting in the water, connecting with community, all these things. And it's really come to a place where, you know, eight years, seven, eight years later, after starting my own company, I feel like I'm finally getting into a place of more balance with all those things. Because it's really easy to say yes, yes, yes to schedule. And it's important, I think, to schedule our own, you know, mindfulness practice, our own movement practice, our own health and well-being practices first, and then everything else comes after it. Yeah. 
It's interesting that you say that. I mean, I think back in the day that the value was on maybe like, okay, you, you go into your work, whether it's your business, whether you're working for a company and you sit at your desk and you put in your nine to five or whatever it is. And that was what was valued. Like somebody's successful when they can do that. But now you're seeing this shift and kind of the way you just explained it there of like people getting pulled in a lot of different directions. I mean, let's face it, our lives are different. <laughs> They're certainly different than our parents' generation or their parents' generation. And the demands are different. What's inspiring too is that now somebody like yourself or for any of us, like it's a good thing for us to kind of break up our day like that, having these almost, dare I say, like spiritual sort of like experiences throughout, you know, like getting out and doing something you enjoy for a couple hours, building your life around that. And then your work also coming in and fitting into it, not the other way around where it's like your work comes first. That's it. <laughs> no questions asked. And then if you have time, you kind of fit in some of these other pursuits that bring you happiness. You know, that's kind of backwards to me. And it, it's nice to hear that, you know, I think for others listening to how they can sort of build their business or how they can structure their lives whilst still incorporating things that drive them or, you know, that, that bring them great joy. So I think that was a really, you know, insightful way of, of one, spelling it out, but then two, like for, again, listeners hearing it, I think it was just really, uh, you know, inspirational in a way, if you will. So, yeah. And also too, I mean, on this program, a lot of different people are coming on and speaking to these points as well and uh, wearing a lot of different hats, being pulled in a lot of different directions. But ultimately, that's where some of the joy comes from, you know, from the experiences, not being bogged down in just one central responsibility, but having several, you know, it can be stressful at times. I'm sure it is for you too. But all the same, you know, there's opportunities to, to grow within all of that and to, to enjoy yourself too. So yeah, I really like that. Absolutely. I mean, speaking to those points of tension and those points of stress and kind of like having all that happening, like it's important, right? Just like you were speaking about earlier that you had a guest on here that was talking about sailing and really the wind in the sails. Well, if there wasn't tension in the sails, you wouldn't be going anywhere. So where is that tension and how are you meeting those points of tension and how are you holding your line with that tension? Because I mean, surfing, when you're talking about hydrodynamics, it's actually leaning into points of tension and release that you actually create movement on a wave. And I think that that's something that isn't spoken to as much. People are like, oh, if it's not easy, why do it? Oh, things don't feel like in flow. I'm meeting some points of tension. Well, what is the point of everything anyway, right? What is the point of our lives? It's not to create some successful company and never have any seeming failures. It's to learn and evolve and grow and inspire yourself and other people. So it's, it's often I find that in those moments of tension, when you can lean into it, obviously not just blatantly going against all odds and like annihilating yourself. Maybe there's a point of that too, to a degree. That being said, where are those points of tension? Where can you really push yourself the most through that? And how can you work with every opportunity and everything that comes up as you're navigating this like multidimensional business space, life space, like all of these things that we're doing and really move past it and learn from it in the most optimal way? Mm, I love that. I love this conversation so far, too. I mean, I, I feel as though we're, we're going a little bit deeper, you know, beyond that surface level sort of look at, you know, what it's like running a business. And, and I think this is the type of conversation that's, that's sorely lacking out there, really, you know, quite frankly, and one of the, the inspirations for this program is one to be looking at individuals, professionals, entrepreneurs, but then digging in, you know, into the mindset of what drives them and how 
you can live a life that has more meaning attached to it. So yeah, again, I really appreciate all the insights you're sharing already. But I do want to kind of go into your past a little bit here. I have this segment called Pathways. And the aim is just to show, you know, how people make their way into their business, into their professional careers. And off the top, I certainly introduced, you know, a bit about your background, you know, the surfing, you know, the, 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 the stature that you'd reached, you know, number two in the world and all these different things. But again, rewinding a bit here, I understand that you actually got into surfing when you were 14, quite late, I would assume, for, for someone who reaches that, you know, pinnacle of success. But uh, I'd love to hear about, one, how you got into surfing and why it came at such a, a late age, I suppose, as compared to, you know, others, perhaps. I grew up in the valley. So living in Los Angeles, That'll like living not at the beach, <laughs> yeah. uh, it wasn't really until I had friends with cars that I could get to the beach. I was skateboarding for and doing all these other things. My dad, we would all go on a family holiday once a year to San Diego and he would go surfing and I'd want him to take me with him. And that was his time. I get it. You know, he worked all the time. He had, you know, that was his time to surf. And so his whole thing was like, hey, go to junior lifeguards, learn the ocean, and then you can come surfing with me. And that made me work really hard for it. I also met other friends at that time. My junior lifeguard instructor at that time actually owns a surf shop in Malibu and we're doing a workshop there in two weeks, you know, so I've known her for, you know, 27 years of my life at this point now which is so cool, you know, um, but she would drive me to the beach and I met a lot of other friends. And so I think it was a proximity thing. Surfing wasn't as popular at the time. It was the late nineties. I think it was just not as like, kind of like mass out there. And it was a different time, you know? So it came to me later in life. And it's also something that I had to work for. My parents weren't just like, here's everything, go surfing. They're like, dude, you're the lifeguards, work for it. Yeah, You know, like, at the end of junior lifeguards, I always remember it. We had like two or three, I can't remember the exact number, but we had two or three boards that were lifeguard boards, essentially giant soft top surfboards, and they didn't have leashes. And at the end, we would have free surf. And it was like, you know, queen or king of the castle, we'd all be kind of like, okay, if somebody fell, then everybody would be running to get this board and you could actually ride it until you fell. And then everybody else went to get it, you know, because there's only a couple. And so that taught me to just like work hard for it and like be grateful for any moment I was at the beach. And I'm really grateful with how I got into it later in life and how hard I had to work for it because it really helped me to value it so much deeper. And that first winter I surfed with my dad, he was still not sure that it was something that I was dedicated with. So I had his old short wetsuit that I literally was freezing and I couldn't complain. And I think that it made me, you know, after I surfed that winter, he would buy me a wetsuit. But I think it is also what got me into and interested in designing wetsuits because it was so hard. <laughs> wetsuits like actually like keep that, you warm. <laughs> yeah, to keep you warm. And that next summer at the beach, I still didn't have a wetsuit. Yeah. So my, my first, you know, my boyfriend at the time, who him and I are still really good friends, actually, we're doing a retreat together in a couple of weeks. He gave me his old full suit and then I cut it into a short suit. Okay. And then so I was always, it wasn't easy for me to even get my own first wetsuit for the first like two years. How ironic, I was, I, eh? my yeah. First, yeah, my first shot in a magazine is me riding his old full suit that I cut into a jacket. 
<laughs> awesome. Which is just like funny. How yeah, it yeah, comes it's together. awesome. Yeah, yeah, how fitting. I mean, you you mentioned this already, like how you've always been pulled in a lot of different directions. But when it came to surfing, was that something that you found to be a little bit different that you could just immerse yourself and sink yourself into it, like full stop? Totally, totally. I mean, I was kind of like always a big dreamer. You know, I was also a big troublemaker. I was also kicked out of class all the time. I was always questioning everything, which I think was really well-spirited of me. I didn't just take anything at face value. I was always pushing, pushing, pushing for the whys and the hows and the when. So, you know, school and and the linear trajectory of like what, you know, I felt like I was told at a certain time, like you go to school, then you go to college and you pick a career and then you do that until you die and you might have a family in between. And I'm just like, what? Like it would stress me out because I'm like, wow, everything is so big and vast. You look up at the stars and like, it's, there's so much expanse. Like the fact that we're even having this conversation is a miracle actually right now. This is like, everything is miraculous, but it just felt so black and white, the linear trajectory. And really when I found surfing and found the ocean and found truly like you're moving with creation in real time as it's being born and then it stops like there's just so much about that that's so beautiful and profound that I really felt like everything went technicolor I'm like oh my gosh things make sense now and I just put all my time energy and focus into surfing and it brought me so much joy and empowerment and it made me feel like everything was possible there you go I mean I think that's what it is, like, well, part of it, perhaps, you know, like the allure of surf and culture, the, the whole thing of what it represents is it's it's that it pulls you in once you're into it, like nobody ever leaves it, it seems, you know, and it's, I think it's that it's, it's not just like the, the physical action of, or the thrill of, you know, being on a wave and, and what that represents. It's what you just explained right there. There's something more, something more meaningful to it all as well. And you know, I got a question later on. We're going to get into this a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I really like that. In terms of, I guess, once you were in, it sounds like you were hooked. It was everything. At what point did you sort of envision like, all right, well, like I've got to do something with my life attached to this, whether it's, you know, going going pro or whether it's like later on in my career, like I'm going to take this further. I'm, I, I am all in now. Like, was that a point, you know, early on in your life that you recognized that? Absolutely. I mean, once I first started riding waves and and connecting with the ocean and community, I really felt like I was all in. And it wasn't like I had the thought, I'm going to be a pro surfer. I thought that was something that like only Kelly Slater and like Lisa Anderson and these few elite people did. I had no idea that my life would actually take me there. It was, I remember like it came to like taking the SATs at school and I was like, I don't want to take this. And my parents were like, okay, do whatever you want. It's your life. And, and then they were like, well, are you going to go to college? Like, what are you going to do? You kind of, and I'm like, I don't really want to go there. I'm going to maybe go buy a car and live in it in Australia for a little while and do a couple contests and see what this whole thing works out to be. And they were like, well, school is always going to be there for you. It's your life. As long as you can pay for your life, make your own money. I had a lot of jobs since I was super young. Because my parents gave me a lot of space to do what I wanted to do as long as I was responsible. As long as I went to school, you know, obviously high school, as long as I finished high school, got good grades and worked and paid for my life and didn't ask them for anything, they gave me the reins to do what I wanted. 
So I was really grateful that they gave me that space and also taught me the value of what it was to make your own money and to be thoughtful, you know? And so I went, got a car, was living in Australia, did a couple contests, was winning them, got sponsored. Kind of, it wasn't until like maybe, you know, five years down the track that I like looked back and I was like, wow, I'm a professional surfer. This is wild. Yeah. 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 I didn't really, it wasn't something that it was like a, I wanted to do that as a kid. I just wanted to surf and it gave me perspective and it gave me inspiration and yeah, it was, it just kind of happened, which is also, I think like that same kind of not knowing, but following my instincts and intuition, but that, I mean, I don't really ever think we can know where we're going because we don't, we can only look back and see where we've been. And it's in that looking back, it's like, Oh, okay. Interesting. This thing led to this that said, there is something about having some sort of direction. Like I know my intuition is going to take me this way. This is, I'm feeling this. And if I can listen to this and actually let life unfold. And and there's also like that point. I mean, people talk about manifesting all the time. It's not like blindly wishing you have to do a lot of work to get there. That being said, you know, really following. And that's kind of what I'm saying, going back to your North star, like what is fueling you? What is pushing you forward? What feels right? And then knowing that there's going to be a lot of hard work to, you know, coordinate things coming together to make that happen. That being said, like, you know, it kind of could sound cheesy or whatever, but really like kind of going back to that core, like following your instinct and intuition. I knew that school wasn't for me. I knew I had to go forward. You know, kids ask me all the time, like I mentor some people and they're like, should I go to school? Shouldn't I? It's like, well, if you're wanting to, you absolutely should. Because surfing is always going to be there for you. Just like my dad told me school would always be there. And I did go back to school and I I studied craniosacral and polarity therapy as an energy practice, you know, uh, because I gained a lot of support from it. And I wouldn't have known life would take me there, but it was a series of concussions that led me to that point. And so it's like, you don't really know where life's going to take you, but it's like, you know, kind of looking back, seeing where you've been and why. And then now how I hold space for my retreats, studying craniosacral polarity therapy and how to communicate and hold space for people actually really supports my surfing retreat work and how I hold space for people. Because it's not just about learning to surf. It's about life. Life is happening. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. Maybe that might be a nice point to segue into this next segment of Q&A discovery and kind of just continue this back and forth. And in terms of your your business, you know, I've already kind of mentioned it. And again, off the top, you know, based around wetsuits as a physical product. But then again, like you have this whole other range of services, whether it's teaching people, you know, making online videos, teaching people how to surf, having these surf retreats and exotic locales all around the world. I think I was just checking before I prepped for this talk a little bit, uh, Nicaragua, I think Indonesia, and you have them booked out like eight, nine, 10 months in advance. Yeah, yeah, definitely had me a little bit uh, envious of all that stuff. But yeah, it might be a good opportunity to, to introduce listeners a little bit more about you and your brand itself, the, the, the company. Yeah, so thank you. Um, Cassio Surf was fueled by, again, me as a, as a woman in the surf world wanting to make things for myself and other women, because I felt that there was a lack in really thoughtful product by women for women that would help us perform well, that also were mindful of, of our planet and how they were created. And we also have an end of life cycle for wetsuits. So we recycle them with a partner 
turn them into yoga mats, like really kind of thinking of the holistic approach to everything. And, and that holistic approach is also what inspired me to make the online courses for surfing with our friends at the inertia, because I was just witnessing so many people like, right. We were talking earlier that I got into surfing when I was like 14, 15 and 14, 15 years old seems late now, because when kids are 14, 15, they're already pro. It was a different time, 20 plus years ago, 25 years ago. And just as much as that, there's so many more people getting into surfing later in life, or maybe they surfed as a kid, they're getting back into it. Where are they going to go to learn? You know, like the lineups are getting more and more crowded. People, you know, get aboard at a surf shop, go out. Like they're not really having the skills. They can put themselves or somebody else really in danger. And then too, it's like, it took me a long time to get where I did in my career because I had to figure everything out where now I know little hacks that can really get you there a lot faster. So why wouldn't I want to share? And so that's what really fueled the learn to surf online courses. So people could have access wherever they are at in the world and bring both a visual understanding because a lot of people are visual. I learned a lot about surfing by just watching people surf. And then being able to bring it back to my own body and movement and flow. So then being able to watch people surf and and have a video understanding like what I did with the online course with the inertia and then break it down for people and point out things that they actually want it is massive. So that's awesome. It makes the whole lineup better because it gives people awareness, you know. And then taking it to that next step is these like one-on-one surf retreats. I mean, there's so many retreats around the world that you'll go learn from subpar surfers and they'll push you into a wave, but they're not teaching you the language of the ocean. That happens a lot. You know, there's so many people learning from somebody who barely knows how to surf themselves. Having all this knowledge and working with other people that either are or were professional surfers and being able to give people really dedicated feedback. And not only teach them how to stand up on a wave, because standing up on a wave is not surfing. The language of the ocean is surfing. What do you mean by that, the language of the ocean? Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, yeah. So it's like, you know, the way that my dad wanted me to get into surfing, he's like, go do junior lifeguards, learn the ocean, and then you can come surfing with me. You're learning the rhythms and cycles. You're learning how the ocean moves. You're understanding. You're basically in rapport and communication with the ocean as this giant force of nature, which water is the biggest for, you know, biggest elemental life force that is on this planet. And the ocean is the strongest. I mean, it can take down buildings, take down fire. There's nothing move mountains. And so if you understand the ocean, If you understand its rhythms and its cycles, and if you're in rapport with it, you're going to learn how to surf a lot faster because you're going to be able to position yourself to catch the wave. Like so many people will come to me and be like, I still don't know which wave to catch. And it's like, yeah, because maybe you went somewhere and they pushed you into a wave and you stood up, but you still don't understand the rhythm of the ocean. So I think that's the value in where... I and the people I work with want to teach people. It's not just about going and having somebody push you in and standing and getting a picture of it. Like you want to take it to the next level and empower yourself. That's what's up. Yeah. Just in in going through this conversation so far, I mean, I would suspect as well, and I don't know, but like 
outside of just being in the ocean and what that represents on these excursions, do you offer like other services? I, I, I'm guessing, I'm thinking here, like you're, you're probably having some pretty meaningful conversations with the people that go as well. Like, you know, like maybe again, whether it's spiritual, whether it's just kind of life-based experiences and conversations like that, maybe whether it's offered or not, I, I would assume just in, in getting to know you a little bit here would probably be part of it as well. I don't know. You correct me if I'm wrong, but. No, absolutely. Um, it's definitely something that's a huge part of it because we facilitate sound meditations because I've been working with sound and vibrational therapy, another part of the energy practices that I've been working with and studying for the last 12 years. So it's just another kind of wave that we're riding. So being able to support people in all aspects, you know, it's like, I really feel I didn't go to college, but I traveled the world and I feel like surfing and the ocean taught me a lot in how to navigate my day-to-day life on, you know, on the planet earth, like outside of the ocean, like going back to navigating life on land, you know, Mm. like it gave me a lot of tools and awareness and perspective. And I also feel that that's an important part. And it just naturally happens when people come on retreat. Often people are coming because they're looking for something. Often people show up on our retreats because they're in some sort of transition in their life. Often people start surfing or doing a new practice because they're like looking for something to kind of move them and and push them and inspire something else. And people will meet other points of their own tension that come up during those retreats. You know, maybe there is some fear coming up for them. Maybe there is some self-doubt. Maybe there is some lacking of their own personal knowingness that they can do it. Like whatever's coming up for people. I really feel that surfing is kind of that larger like life metaphor that can help give you the tools and like never giving up, like being mindful, going with your intuition, like paying attention to everything as it's happening, you know, and those things will also come up because I feel that the ocean is a mirror of reflection will also be most likely coming up in your life. Mm. And because it's all the same thing, it's like, it's going to show you what you need the most. And so we do work through those kind of things and we hold space and we have like sharing circles and we have like, you know, it's a real kind of like, I feel holistic approach to navigating not only the ocean, but a lot of aspects of your life. And they just naturally come up and and we really do work to address all of those things. And it's also like a super fun time. It's yeah, not exactly. Like it's like so How can that be bad, it's just right? Like, yeah, it's, it's life, right? Yeah, Everything yeah. happens and we're here to meet it. Yeah, totally, totally. I think that's the thing, you know, with, with surfing, like, again, speaking of some of those metaphors, like you're in the moment, if you're, you're surfing, like you're, you're in the moment, right? Like you're, you're not thinking about the past, you're not thinking about the future, you're just there. And that sort of metaphor, you know, that, that, that's where we should be a lot more often than when we are, you know, within life, you know, and we, we, we get caught in the past, reliving moments, things that have already happened. Or, or opposite, you know, we're, we're glued on the future and we're just ignoring everything that's taking place around us. Whereas surfing sort of like grounds us in that sense, right? And I could see how that would help facilitate those kind of discussions. It enters you into the state of reflection, but a healthy state of reflection, you know, where, where things are right now, where you'd like to be perhaps but you're not being stuck in one particular area. And I don't know, I don't know if I'm on anything there, but I, I, I could see how that would all sort of like come together on maybe some of these retreats that you're having. So yeah, it sounds like it, the way you just explained it. Absolutely. It's epic too. It's epic. Cause it's like people sometimes 
they come to go surfing and to get a sweet tan and to like have a massage and to connect with people and have a good time. And oftentimes they're like, wow, I came for this one thing. And I didn't realize that it would also help to address all these other things that I've been navigating in my life. And like, wow, I've also had this like amazing experience navigating it. And it's raw and it's vulnerable and there's a lot that can come up and it can also just be like the best time ever and you can just be surfing and it can be very light. And at some point, I feel like everybody has their moment where they meet, you know, for instance, like, or lack of a better term, their tension point or their shadow point or however you want to look at it. Maybe they're just meeting that thing in their life that they've been needing some support around. And they're like, oh, wow, here we go. Okay. Like I've been thinking about this and now it's coming up. And to really be able to hold space and facilitate that guest or that person to go through it without getting sucked into it. Cause like you just said, like things will come up over and over again. Well, that's life. And it's going to come up for you over and over again, unless you're willing to meet it. Just like in business, Things will come up over and over again. Those lessons will continue to present themselves until you choose to move through them and work with them and learn from them. So it's like, you know, and those tension points are where the evolution is possible. Like that's where the learning is. So if we can go into those points of tension and why we keep on making these same things again, and like, you'll, you'll notice those patterns and it's just like another opportunity to move through it. No, I love it. I love it all. You know, I get this other question here as well. I mean, in terms of the linkage between you, you know, I can clearly tell that like environmental matters, you've mentioned this already are important to you, you know, notions of environmental consumerism and surfing all kind of being like tied in together in your brand philosophy. And maybe we could kind of shift the, the conversation over to that a little bit. Like your, your business and your brand, it's quite clear. It's not just about dollars and cents. There's so much more meaning behind it. But on the environmental side as well and what it represents, maybe you could share a little bit more about that. Absolutely. Like I've been so grateful to travel to so many uh, developing nations and truly all over the world since I was younger. And because of that, I've also witnessed a lot of our first world over consumerism and waste and how, I mean, all drains lead to the ocean. And so literally I'm swimming in it. There's no getting out of it. And just seeing the huge need for more mindfulness, not only in what we produce, how we produce end of life cycles and all of this. I also see a huge need for what's under the surface, which I think is a bigger metaphor for just like everything in general, but really, you know, hanging on the beach, looking out at the ocean from the sand, it looks pretty groovy. Like, Hey, there's all this blue water looks healthy to me. When you dive under, you're noticing really the issues. So what are you willing to see beyond the surface? And then when you see it, you can't unsee it. So how are you going to help support it? And that's another reason that I left professional surfing to start my own company, because I wanted to really fuel, not the things that I didn't want to be happening, but fueling the things that I knew were a huge part of us getting ourselves out of the mess that we created for ourselves as a species on this planet. So, you know, we're 2% for the planet company. We put, I mean, 1%, but we give 2% back to seed trees and receding our kelp forests and mangrove forests, because uh, when it comes to sequestering carbon, you know, 
the ocean and, and ocean carbon sequestering is like 85% of our global carbon emissions get sequestered in the ocean. Huge. I'm also an ambassador for Surfrider Foundation, Save the Waves. And currently I'm on the vision council for Save the Waves. So Save the Waves initiative is really in and around protecting waves, which again, sounds selfish. Like, oh, what, you're just here protecting this wave. Well, if you're protecting the wave, you're protecting the whole ecosystem that surrounds that wave, which then feeds back to the community, the animals, the life force, the biodiversity within that area. So being on the vision council, we help to go through the applications of new, you know, world surf reserve applications. So each year there's a new world surf reserve added. And then now I'm helping to re-inform and pull back together and get on the same page, the first ever world surf reserve, which was Malibu first point. And just kind of like, because it was the first of its kind, you know what I mean? Sometimes the first of its kind and they can lose trajectory as other, you know, then there's the second, the third and energy gets shifted in different places. So I'm, I'm a part of that. So a lot of my life is dedicated to leaving this planet better than we found it. And I really love that, that book braiding sweet grass. And in that book, there's this quote specifically that talks about planting a tree for the next generations to sit in its shade. So I feel like that like thought and that kind of like mindset, if we have that mindset in everything we're doing, we can truly make this place a better planet. And we may or may not see it in our lifetimes, but it's the, you know, the people that are inheriting this planet for us that are going to be benefiting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's working towards something too. Again, I mean, we've spoken about this already, you know, it's having sort of like these visions of where you'd like to see yourself going and, and not only for yourself, but for others, like you just said, you know, for the planet, for, for future generations. And, you know, one of the things that's become clear to me in the course of this conversation is just like how tied in all the different activities that you're involved with, you know, they, they, they all kind of like come together in some way. Like there's some overarching ideal that's kind of melding them all together. And uh, I think it's a really interesting perspective and take for people that are still kind of trying to find their way or might be lost or, you know, trying to find ways of putting in different elements of their life into their professional careers or businesses. So yeah, I think it's been really insightful in that sense. But I do want to shift over into this next segment here, if we could, Cassie, a water cooler story segment. And here I just usually ask, you know, guests to indulge listeners with a story related to what they do. And I'm sure you've got a billion, but uh, yeah, I'm really eager to hear what you have for us today. Totally. Yeah. I mean, so many profound moments. And and that's the thing, like as water connects us all, no matter where I am on this planet, like I've been in the most far reaching place and I will always run into somebody that I know or somebody that knows somebody that I know, like not even six degrees of separation, but one degree of separation, you know, just really, truly and, and that's the thing about the ocean and always pulling us back together. But this is a really funny story that I like to bring up in this water cooler conversation. So one time talking about just following, following your path, you know, and following the dream, wherever it takes you. I was in Spain. I was surfing with um, a bunch of friends. No, I was in France. I was in France. I was in France surfing with a bunch of friends. And we were out at this break. We started chatting with these guys and there were these Spanish guys and they were like, hey, blah, blah, blah. What are you guys doing? And, you know, the south of France, it's like the border to Spain is like 45 minutes, depending on where you are, 20 minutes, you know. 
And they were like telling us, oh my God, Bob Dylan is playing a free concert on the beach in San Sebastian tonight. And we're like, what? Bob Dylan? I mean, this was like the late 90s. It was maybe 99 or 2000. And so of course we go. And like the entire streets of San Sebastian, everything, we parked our car on the the sidewalk. And there's just like people that pulled their boats up into the harbor. And sure enough, Bob Dylan's there playing music. The whole town. It was so rad. Magical, But that's also like before cell phones. It was before any of that stuff. Like you couldn't look anything up. Everything was word of mouth. Everything was like also sitting and looking. It was a time where like you would just chat with people. Everybody was looking up, not looking down. It was just such a cool time, like a romantic time. And then we got to see Bob Dylan play on the beach in this epic concert. And we're just like, I'll never forget that. And then, of course, our car was towed and we had no idea. And like then we were getting top us and walking the streets until the sun came up, in which case we finally figured out where to get our car. And it was towed to this place. And but it was just like one of those just like magical times that you really couldn't write that happening. I mean, if it was a scene in a movie, you would believe it. But like. And those are the kind of things that I think surfing and that kind of like sense of adventure inspires you towards. And it's also an invitation for whoever's listening to maybe like leave your phone at home one day, strike up a weird conversation with like some random person and also go do that thing, even though maybe it doesn't make sense. Like we could have driven to Spain and they could have been pulling our leg, but we went for it for an adventure. Exactly. Exactly. It's the spirit of it. You know, you never know. And every once in a while, you got to get off the tracks. You got to get off the tracks. And you're right. I mean, get off the phone, put your head up and look around. Like there's there's a whole lot of life going on around you and you're just missing it by just sinking yourself into that device. So thanks for sharing that. I do have one last segment here, a crystal ball segment, as the name implies, we're looking forward to future trends, predictions, so on and so forth. But I'd kind of like to, to focus in on, you know, you and your brand. Like, wh- how do you see things evolving? Like, do you have visions of taking it in different directions or staying the course. I mean, it sounds like right now, the way I'm sort of reading things is it sounds like a really fulfilling enterprise is the wrong word because like what you're involved with is it's a life sort of it's it was a lifestyle. I guess that's it. You have your business, you have your brand, you have your life attached and intertwined within it all. Do you see it going forward in the same manner? Or do you have some other things that you'd like to challenge for yourself as well? Well, yeah. So thank you so much. I I do um, intend for it to continue to go forward in the same manner that said, bringing in some more energy and support to help it move that way. So I don't have to be so involved in every aspect of it, I think would be fantastic. And that's kind of my intention and helping to kind of steer, you know, like getting out of like a three person canoe and like maybe sailing. Like, that would be cool. I want to be on a sailboat. And like, this person has this job and this person has this job because, you know, being involved with a lot of elements of my brand right now, you know, from customer service to everything else, it it takes your time and there's only so many, so much time. And I see now how my time can be more, more valuable in being more available for the retreats. I don't want to be involved in the bookings for the retreats, but holding space more. So I'm just inviting in the energies to help support kind of more of like the structure part of my brand and and financially to help move it in that direction. But at the same time, I brought it to this place that I wanted to not bring in any people because I wanted to keep it really pure. 
because I think like until you really have a solid and pure brand, then you can actually go somewhere for that. So I'm kind of right at that point where I've kept it. And now I'm like, want to kind of like. What you want it to be, yeah. you know, how it should look, feel, taste, everything. Yeah. So you can kind of totally communicate that vision to, to somebody else and in order to preserve it. Right. Exactly. And I also know what's needed and I know where I'm good and where I'm not the best person for the job. So I also know how to invite in more support. So that's kind of what I see for that. And then, you know, I think that's something that keeps coming up for me as well is like, I love to inspire more people. And I think like kind of maybe some public speaking, you know, we do some land classes where I don't even take people in the water, but I'm talking about things. And obviously the inspire course was a way to have like a digital component. But I do really feel that more kind of like speaking engagements for people would be something that would be interesting moving forward and to kind of add to what I'm already doing. Um, And it seems like it would be like a a seamless addition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds also exciting. And uh, it might be a nice point to to draw things to a close. But I can't thank you enough for taking some time and joining the program. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I really enjoyed this conversation. Awesome, Christopher. Thank you so much. And thank you for all that you're doing. And yeah, everyone, keep it going. Believe in yourself and um, everything's possible because we exist. So go for it. Now, for those interested in learning more about Cassia and her work, you can do so via her company website, CassiaSurf.com. That's K-A-S-S-I-A Surf.com. You can also follow her on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And for reference, all this information, including links, will be in the show notes. And as always, I mean, if you like today's show, you can share. You can also rate, review, and subscribe wherever you access your podcast. And head on over to YouTube where you can catch video conversation highlights. Finally, don't forget to join us on the next episode of Life As A, where we'll continue to explore and unearth the details of professions and the people behind them. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. Until next time, stay curious about life and living.